Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two pickup trucks making love. American made. Listen up, Auto Thoughts and Deceptive Clowns. You are listening to Prime Cuts. A non-linear history of the Transformers franchise on television. I'm one of your hosts, Nero. And I'm your other host, Audrey. And today we begin Transformers Animated Season 1. Technically, not really. So, okay. These three episodes we're covering today were aired as a television movie. Outside of the episode order for Season 1. It's weird. However, they are now played... A separate episode on yes. streaming sites, of which there are a couple for anime. Yeah, there's plenty of options. It is, of course, on Tubi, but I know some people uh, wanted some subtitle options, of which Tubi does not have for animated. Um, so it's where else Voodoo. can you watch it? It's on Vudu. What other uh, made up? What other made up words can we can we put in in streaming service? It's on uh, Fofum. It's on. Uh, well, Voodoo Wabo. and Tubi are real. <laughs> I know, but, uh, you know, there's well, there's one that I keep seeing that's like, that one sounds made up. It's like it's also on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there's there's plenty of places. Um, I, I, it's, I think maybe even... I don't know if the Transformers channel has all of the episodes, because they kind of just ran... They seem to just sort of randomly upload episodes up there for most shows or at least that's what it has it shows up in my uh subscription feed but they probably have a few of them up there if you have pluto tv it's also on that now that's the best streaming service yeah, yeah there's there's plenty of ways to watch transformers animated thankfully um so yeah, we're we're starting out here i think you know as i as i said last time animated is my personal favorite it's the show that really, really got me into Transformers. Well, that's not, I guess not as far. I think Cybertron is the show that really, really got me into Transformers. But Animated is the first show I had, like, enough of a developed brain to appreciate on a deeper level. Um, yeah. And I also wanted to quickly mention at the start here something I forgot in last episode. So, the, uh, the style of the show... As I said, a lot of people from Teen Titans and Ben 10 and other shows like that uh, worked on yeah. this, which is how you get from that, including the the like creative director on this show, uh, Derek J. Wyatt, who did pass away last year. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out to him because he is a fantastic he was a fantastic character designer. Yeah, and you really it, it, the character design for sure, like you can see the evolution from those shows to this, but also the the way that it is animated, the movement in the show is very consistent between it and other shows, um, which is really interesting in a show like a Transformers show um, where all of your characters are supposed to be hard metal robots. Yeah. But, but they they move in very soft, organic ways. And they look very, you know, they have all of their, all of their characters on just these full of these soft curves and like they don't, they don't look like your average transformer especially not before this um but to sort of balance that out i think one thing i've always kind of liked about animated's portrayal of cybertronians 
is that this is probably like the most robotic uh portrayal of Cybertronians in a while in terms of their just like general uh visual and especially audio design. Well, the audio design for sure. They yeah. are they are put through several filters. Um put through several filters and also like they're they're always making these like beeps and and like their movements. You know, you can kind of hear the servos whirring. I have, I have always really adored that effect. Yeah. So that kind of helps sell the sort of big robot part of the of the setting more than the very fluid and and soft animation. So I say we go ahead and get into uh, the the first episode or first part of Transform and Roll Out here. Um. Which uh, starts the G1 footage. It w- Well, first of all, before we get the G1 footage, we get a variation of the G1 opening. That's right. Yeah, we get this is a like very kind of loud late 2000s pop rock reimagining of the G1 opening. Yeah, this is like Imagine Dragons. This is G1 opening. This is the, Imagine Dragons has never made any any song this exciting. Um, okay, but this, you know I'm right though. Yeah, you can dislike Imagine Dragons, but this is the Imagine Dragons cover of the G1 song theme I can't song. Br- I can't bring up another band, and I can't bring to mind another band to dispute it. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, we start with the G1 archival footage, which I think is an interesting choice. It's of, so like, cool. With, you know, cause, because we immediately establish, uh, through the narration of this historical footage, that this show is set after the end of the Great War. The Decepticons are are gone, uh, exiled from Cybertron. They haven't been seen in, in millions of years. Um, and seemingly peace has arrived on Cybertron. Well, and all yeah. of this is all of this is established through literal clips from G one. Imperialism has arrived on Cybertron. No, um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, who's watching this? But Optimus, who is a huge history buff, um, and uh, you know he's sort of uh, not rebuked necessarily but he is interrupted by ratchet who is the oldest and grumpiest version of ratchet you'll ever see um in in animated and you know ratchet basically comes up to him and goes i don't know why you watch these things all day and optimus is like well you were there like you didn't have to watch these things it was like you experienced it. You lived it. And Ratchet's like, yeah, and it sucked. <laughs> yeah, he's like, listen, kid, uh, the, that you, you can think, you know, the, you think the Great War is all glamorous and shit. I'm here to tell you, it's not. Optimus, it was ass. Optimus has a big thing of like, I was born in the wrong decade. Yes, he he. Uh, animated <laughs> Optimus is absolutely that. He's leaving that under every fucking Metallica song. Yeah, uh, he was like born in a wrong wrong decade. The conflict with Decepticon uh, sucks these days. I wish I was there when uh, <laughs> when Megatron was great. Um, and and Ratchet's basically like, you should be happy that it's peace. The war peaceful. The war sucked. Um, you should be glad to have like. The maintenance job that we are responsible for, and this is where they establish that they have a maintenance job, that they're a maintenance crew. The maintenance crew that we're in charge of 
may not be the most glamorous life, but it's safe and it's stable. And my God, you should appreciate that. And outside Bulkhead and Bumblebee are just like doing it not great in space. Yeah, Bulkhead has somehow gotten himself stuck to a rock. Um, yeah, I like I like this. I like how quickly they establish everything here. You know, we get, we we the exposition feels nice and breezy and like not unnatural. Uh, we we get all the character dynamics in here, especially the one of the most important ones with Optimus and Ratchet. Um, yeah. And so yeah, Optimus. This, I love this line where Optimus gets ready to go out and help uh, Bulkhead unstick himself. Um, and he yeah, he makes the thing he's feeling. You know, have you ever feeling you were made for something greater? Ratchet and yeah. Ratchet puts his hand on his shoulders like, buddy, I've got something that'll delete that feeling like a bad line of code. The way I wrote down my note for that is Ratchet. I'm depressed. Would you like a lobotomy? <laughs> so they go outside. Yeah, we get we introduced to Bulkhead and Bumblebee here. Bulkhead is he's a goofier version of his animated uh, his uh, prime incarnation. You know, he's 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 much more of the big lovable goofball and less of the like big lovable goofball who also you know tears people's heads off. There's also, I would say, less of a sense of responsibility in animated Bulkhead yes. than of his Prime counterpart. You don't always see it, but I think, you know, in Prime, especially being paired up with Miko, Bulkhead was forced to be... Um, responsible, to ta- yeah. yeah. to take on responsibility that you don't get the animated Bulkhead taking on sort of ever. <laughs> in general, all of, the, all of the cast members of animated save uh, Ratchet, obviously, are fairly young. In terms of yes. like Cybertronians, these are these are a group of fucking greenhorns, basically. And Bumblebee is the youngest one. I I've always liked animated Bumblebee. He he is like he is bare. He is towing the line of like being too annoying, while still being tolerable and enjoyable and like a and like a pretty good character. He um he feels like uh, now I've never. <laughs> please, before anyone comes for me about this. I've never watched TMNT in my life. But uh, he feels like, I think, Raph? No, Michelangelo. Michelangelo, Michelangelo. is the party boy. Okay, okay um, yeah, he f- feels like Michelangelo. But... Yes, he is definitely the Michelangelo of this show. He's like, I think uh, Bumper Robinson does a very good job with his performance. It's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's just like a very unique sort of take on Bumblebee's vocal performance. Yeah. Uh, which is like, you know, usually... Well, after this, usually Bumblebee uh, beeps and boops a lot and doesn't have a vocal performance. Uh, Or in Rid, his vocal performance is um, nothing, really. He's normal in Cyberverse. Yes, he's normal in Cyberverse, thankfully. Um, He does, I think he does go through a beep boop period in Cyberverse. He he does, he does, but he he definitely has his own voice that he uses often in Cyberverse. Yeah. and one of the other cool things that we get um, at this point that I just want to point out really quickly, um, we get to see their Cybertronian alt modes, which are really fun designs. Um, yeah, I love all of the Cybertronian designs in this show. They're so cool looking. I mean, we, we mentioned this before, but um, because of the art design of animated, you get these very... There's there's like real organic life in all of the machines, including when they don't look like organic life. Um, 
this isn't just in their Cybertronian modes. It will, you know, when they take on Earth alt modes as well, um, they will, you know, the cars will move. They will raise their yes. shoulders sort of in, in ways that, you know, machines certainly can't or don't. Um, they do a lot of half transformations. You know, they'll transform an arm out to dump someone outside of their body. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very bouncy yeah. and expressive and fun. They do, like, yeah. the animators just, like, they, they just, like, they don't really care that much about keeping, you know, things as consistent. They're just like, look, it it would be funny if Bumblebee stuck his arm out here. Yeah, Or it would exactly. be funny if Optimus, like, his cab kind of looked like his he, he was making a concerned face. Right. And it's, uh, it, it, it's a lot like, you know, because it's a, a lot of the same team, you know, Beast Boy transforming into animals and the expressions and, uh, you know, fluidity he's able to get through some of that stuff as well. Um, so, you know, being seeing them in their Cybertronian alt modes, which are, like, very distinctly alien, but still, like, very sensical for what their root modes are, um, and being able to see them sort of, like, emote through it, it's, it's really fun. Yes. Uh, by the way... You could actually buy Optimus and Megatron's Cybertronian forms as toys. They were like one of were part of the first wave, and they were packaged with this episode, I believe. Um, yeah, spoilers. Megatron's going to show up shortly, but before he does, we also meet the last member of our little team here, uh, Prowl, who's a little bit of a jackass. He's a little. He's got a little bit of an ego on him. I love that, like, this Prowl is so, so different than any other Prowl that has ever existed and still equally as unlikable. Absolutely. He is, he is like, so, like, obviously Prowl is always a prick. That This is a general rule. I think this Prowl is, like, he is not so much a prick as he is, he is, he's very cocky, he's very self-assured, and he's, he's just kind of distant and aloof, because uh, he's always, like, doing shit without telling his teammates or just taking it upon himself to do stuff and often was like can you please fucking work as a team here and he's like i don't i don't need to work as a team i'm prowl they wanted to have drift so badly but drift wouldn't really be invented for another <laughs> yeah, five didn't years didn't exist, for another yeah. five years or so, so this really is kind of a proto drift um, yeah um i will say uh, even though he is kind of an ass, um, he's not. I think there's a distinction for me between an ass and an asshole, and I don't yes. think he's an asshole, but he is an no. ass. He's um, an ass. He's not an asshole. He's he's very yeah. different from most prowls. Um, yeah. But um, I will say he he even though he is an ass, he is also way cooler than any prowl deserves to be. Oh yeah. Remember, kids, all cops are bastards always. <laughs> He's a fucking cool ninja guy with like he he's one of the only uh, Autobots with like. Something that could really be considered built-in weaponry, which I'll talk about here in a bit. Uh, but by the way, oh, Prowl, yeah. voiced by uh, Jeff Glenn Bennett, who is, of course, probably most well-known for Johnny Bravo. But he's, you know, he's all over the fucking place. He's a huge voice actor. Um, and he voices quite a few characters in this show as well. He is also the voice for Ultra Magnus, um, where he is doing his best Robert Stack impression from the Transformers the movie. And I think it's a pretty good one. Uh, He's trying very hard. <laughs> anyway, uh, they they like so they're out here. They are a space bridge maintenance and repair crew. They are basically blue collar construction workers, and they are out here in the fucking ass end of nowhere, uh, repairing a space bridge. And Bumblebee's like, you know, 
why the fuck does anyone even care about whether or not this fucking space bridge is up? It is literally in the middle of nowhere. And well. Optimus, you know, Optimus, he puts his foot up on a rock and he's like, all right, everyone, listen up. And everyone's imme- everyone is immediately groaning at his shit because uh, he's about uh, to launch into a speech. A uh, 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 prompt uh, shows up on the screen that says nobody like that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, we are all the glorious cogs in the great Autobot machine and we all have to do our part. And even though it's not, it doesn't seem important, it's all important. And I was like, yeah, sh- all right. Let's just let's get to work. He's interrupted by Teletran One. Um, what I what I really love about animated, and I think it's because it existed at a time before, just before the Transformers franchise really shot off again with the Bayverse movies, um, or at least was developed before. Yeah, then. it was. It was it yeah, because be- yeah, as we discussed, I believe we uh, they they made some last minute cast changes to the right. to the roster here. Right, to but, reflect uh, the the movie, but you know, to uh, given that it was developed uh, before the franchise sort of really became part of a, a cultural zeitgeist in a way it hadn't been since the eighties, um, that there are for for as strange and different and um, creative many of the things are. Um, a lot of other elements of it really are like a love note to G1. Um, so, you know, including Teletran 1, for example, um, is something that we hadn't really seen um, yeah. it, since since G1 and still haven't really seen afterwards. I'm not sure one, why, but Teletran 1 is uh, the Autobot artificial intelligence that runs the arc. Um, and, like, I had to imagine that, like, everyone who was working on animated was including some of these details because they are such real big fans. Because these are details that, like, you wouldn't know if you were just, like, a casual fan of Transformers yeah. at that point in 2007. There, um, There is an even more, like, upfront uh, G1 parallel in the next episode. Uh, yeah. Which is, like, straight out of the, the opening of, of G1. So, exactly. Yeah uh teletrain one so so before so after they but well before teletrain one teletrain one calls in a little bit later because what happens is they're work they're they're clearing rocks they're showing off working on the space bridge which suddenly activates oh right sorry and then optimus turns it off but uh before he could something fell through and ratchet is they they see a pile of glowing rods and ratchet immediately goes nope you Leave that there. Don't touch that shit. Do not. And the Optimus t- uh, digs it up. Ra- Optimus is like, I did it 35 minutes ago, Ratchet. And it's a weird, like, uh, dodeca- uh, glowing dodecahedron. And Ratchet's like, well, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, he's like, all right, everyone. Because uh, this is when Teletrain 1 pops in. It's like, Decepticon warship detected, and Ratchet's like, "Okay, yeah. time to go. Get the, get the thing in the truck. Put it in. Put it in my ass. We're going to the ship. We're leaving." <laughs> and Optimus is like, "Whoa, hey, hang on. You you were just saying that we should leave it here." And Ratchet's like, "Yep, uh, we should have, but we can't." But yet, then you touched it. Then you fucking and touched and it. It's, it's no take backsies. Gotta go. Uh, but yeah, so one thing about the Autobots in this show that I have found very interesting. From a design, from like a from like a sort of character design and thematic standpoint, is 
while the Decepticons are covered with guns like usual, uh, most of the Autobots, especially our main cast that we see, their built-in equipment is much less combat-oriented. Like... The um, like so Bumblebee has these very low wattage like electric blasters. Um, Bulkhead's got a wrecking ball. Ratchet has these magnets. Uh, Optimus has an axe, but it is less an actual battle axe and more of a fire axe. Um, the only one who has actual weapons is Prowl, who has uh, shurikens. Yeah, and they kind of suck. <laughs> And they aren't that great. Uh, but yeah, so the, but like, because the war is over, the, a lot of new, the newer generation of Autobots don't have built in weaponry anymore, uh, which I think is a really neat touch and a thing that very much establishes them as like even more underdogs, as we'll see shortly. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of thing that establishes them as yeah. underdogs. Um, yes. mostly scale. Yeah, uh, but... <laughs> we're going to we're going to talk about how what this shows uh sort of interpretation of the of the Decepticons shortly. It's another aspect that I really like. So they they loaded onto the ship and Ratchet's like, "Okay. So everyone knows about the AllSpark, right? The, you know, the the limitless gift of divine energy that maybe create, you know, gave the spark of life to all Cybertronians." And Bumblebee's like, yeah, but that's like a story. And Ratchet says, well, you best start believing in cube stories, son. <laughs> You're in one. You're in one. Oh, Christ. Um, uh, what I really like about this is that Optimus turns to Ratchet and it's like, and he's like, You're saying we found the Allspark? And Ratchet just like grits his teeth and looks at Optimus and goes, No, I'm saying it found us. Fucking artifacts be finding shit be finding you know unwilling heroes all the goddamn time uh so optimus calls up the elite oh by the way earlier after that um action sequence where they clear the rocks and and stop the bridge from from activating bumblebee's like holy shit boss bot you got some sick moves where'd you learn that and optimus is like kind of sheepishly says oh i went to the autobot academy and everyone's like, well, wait, <laughs> how the fuck did an Academy bot end up in the ass of nowhere with a bunch of fucking construction goons? I was very an- bad at it. <laughs> and he doesn't answer that um, because that's when they find the AllSpark. So Optimus uses some of that pull to call uh, Autobot HQ. And I really love Bumblebee going like, wow, when you make a call, you go right to the top, huh? And you just see the smuggest look on Optimus' face. Oh, unfortunately, the top sucks as well. <laughs> so we, uh, we, he, the, yeah, so they, he, someone answers and the screen, the hollow screen is filled with chin uh, because it's fucking Sentinel Prime. <laughs> It's everyone's favorite character, the Tick. He is literally just the Tick, and he is indeed voiced by the voice actor for the Tick from the animated show. Um, I mean, I, I I can get him here in a minute, but like, yeah, and Sentinel is literally just the Tick. <laughs> he's also the guy who sucks, but we'll get there. He's the guy who sucks a lot, and he does not have depression, so he's not getting out of this one. Yeah, Townsend Coleman—that's his name. Um, but yeah, who's I, a, like I, 
here's a here's a little cheat code for you, and we've mentioned this before. If there's a sudden old prime in your piece of Transformers me- media, he's the guy who sucks. Yeah, normally he's the guy who had the mantle right before prime, uh, right before Optimus. But sometimes he's just some other extant shithead who is sort of unrelated. Um, so yeah, he, Optimus calls him and immediately signals like, "Oh, look at you motherfucker! Oh, that little fucking Optimus calling in!" Ooh, uh, and then Optimus just <laughs> shows him what's in the cargo hold, and he's like, "Well, no, first he's like, I I need to speak to the boss." That's and- right. And Sentinel's like, you really think you're important enough to speak to the boss? And Optimus is like, yeah, display media, display camera in the cargo hold. And there's just like shows the AllSpark and there's just like silence. And then Sentinel's like, I'm going to get the boss. (laughs) (laughs) I'll patch you through. Um, This is when Ultra Magnus shows up, who is the Supreme Commander of the Autobots in this universe. Um, he is a very stern, no-nonsense kind of guy, and he tells Optimus, alright, uh, we're tracking you, that Decepticon warship you detected is probably just a scout ship, there's no way they would, they would come this near to Autobot space, uh, just sit tight. Well, what he says, yeah, what he says is it is most likely a scout ship that just got lost, um, no Decepticon would be foolish enough to actually... Um, attack an Autobot that would reignite the war, and we won the war. So, you know, yep. wait, wait for further instructions. Yeah, and Optimus, he's like, Optimus, don't be a hero. It's not in your programming. And then hangs up. And, and immediately- Optimus is like, might be in my programming. <laughs> Maybe it could be. And he immediately goes uh, to do something. Uh, he has Ratchet set a course for the nearest space bridge um they're heading out and so the earlier optimus uh, so someone asked ratchet well i thought the decepticons were all destroyed and ratchet's like no they they were defeated they were never destroyed um and bumblebee's like so uh why can't we get a visual on the ship yet it's really close to us i can't seem to see it and then well, there's a there's a bit of concern about that, like there's a, about what like what their plan to like get out of here is. Yeah, and and Optimus is like, it's fine. Like we will we will find a route, and if there's any obstacles in a way, we will just blast through the obstacles, and that's like it. We're going to not engage, right? Like yes. we'll find a, we will find a way out of this. Um, I will be. It, it, there isn't a route. I will make one by blasting through. And then this, uh, the viewport is filled with purple because the nemesis has maneuvered directly in front of them, and it's huge. I would say that the arc here is maybe I don't know twentieth of it. Yeah, like by human scales, the arc is pretty big. Uh, however. Yeah. The Nemesis... It is not a scouting ship. It is a warship. It is the, the Nemesis. Ne- the Nemesis in this universe is like several... It looks to be several miles long. Um, it's, it's the size big. of the Enterprise. It is a functioning city. It's huge. Uh, and yeah, Bumblebee's like, uh, I don't think we're going to blast through that one. 
And we cut into the interior of the Nemesis where we get to meet our principal Decepticon cast. So, meet and the immediate- Starscream! Yeah, Same immediately, as the old Starscream! Instantly, Starscream's very first line of dialogue is going, I think Megatron's stupid! Well, it's, it's more than just thinking he's stupid. It's like literally the exact same thing in Prime where he's like, after Megatron gets got and is in a coma where Starscream's like, he has led us astray, but I can lead us to victory. Yep. And it's way, like, is he dead? Where is he? Like, he's, one he's room over. Yeah, he's Spoilers, one room in, over. He's just in the other room. Um, yeah, and so as I said before, this is Tom Kenny, and he is just devouring every inch of scenery he can as starscream this starscream is sort of like what if g1 cartoon starscream actually had some teeth what if he actually had some like menace to him yeah this is like i would say necessarily i I wouldn't go far so far to say confident because he does. He, he makes he makes a lot of uh, foolish yeah. mistakes in the way that all star streams do, um, but he I I think menacing is a good word for it. He there is there is an intimidation factor to this star scream that I would say is greater than probably any other, except possibly prime. It's not less than primes. It may be yeah. equal than primes at, at sort of his best um but yeah. i do think but the thing about prime starscream as we obviously have discussed is that he gets brought very low and his men his intimidation factor is not very consistent yeah um, he can be made to be very pathetic very quickly animated starscream even, is like he's silly but he's never pathetic he's never pathetic. yeah like that's interesting and he is brought quite low as well but even when he he um is like really down at his lowest which is an extended period of time um (laughs) uh he like does not stop having like that bite he continues to snark back at everyone he like i mean he has reason to think that he won't have any serious repercussions i guess which the other star screams lack but um you know he he's never he is never pathetic and one of the other things i want to talk about is his is the color choice for him yes it's very um, interesting so in animated um starscream is gray and magenta um mostly magenta so his torso is magenta and the stripes on his wings are magenta and then his legs and arms are gray and his face is gray um it's an interesting choice for a boy show um but i think it's really interesting going back to the idea of energon being the color of uh sorry of pink being the color of energon and um seeing transformers who are pink um and being like oh shit they're painted like blood um and that being like a very intimidating factor in universe in canon see i i looked at him and i and i saw the g1 in him but i definitely also saw a little bit of armada in his design as well like the coloring is kind of reminiscent and the sort of general silhouette the color blocking the color blocking is definitely similar to um armada and uh, in terms of the silhouette um it's almost, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, much more fluid than either, than, yeah. than G1 or Armada. 
it's kind of um, it's a synthesis of, of sort of both design ideas which i really like so he's boasting uh and immediately after he says all that shit about how he would make a better leader uh a shape in the corner starts walking forward and you realize oh that's a man and he's very big and has one eye and he's very loyal but make no mistake, this is not Shockwave. This is Lugnut. Um, you can tell because Shockwave is very smart and Lugnut, um, he can't keep a lot of thoughts in his head. Most of his thoughts are about how cool Megatron is. But other than that, not a whole lot going on in there. <laughs> and he's basically like, yeah. oh, Megatron is great. You shut the fuck up. Or I'll yeah, kill less, you. Less effective Torn. Basically. Um, and this is, we also see Black Arachnia. Uh, you know, an interesting, an interesting inclusion. Cause, you know, a Beast Era character put in this very G1 flavored show, but it also makes sense because those two are interconnected. And she is very much the like, she's, she's over all of this posturing. She's she like, has, she has a gl- great line here actually, where as Starscream's going on, they start getting into a bit of a cat fight. And what she says is, blow it out your ass. Yep. Uh, and they, you know, I think uh, it's it's is it Starscream or Blitzwing who mentions her techno organic form? It's uh, Blitzwing who enters shortly afterwards. It's like uh, which of us has the is the bigger freak? Surprise, yes. it's you! <laughs> yeah. So Blitzwing in this uh, show, he is a triple changer. However, this has also given him three faces with their own distinct personalities that he switches to seemingly at random. There is an icy like monocled face there's like a big chinned i mean it's this show so everyone has a big chin but a particularly big chinned hot-headed face that's sort of modeled after arnold schwarzenegger and then there's like a weird pumpkin face he looks like um um the virus from scooby-doo cyber chase he does but in like black and red yeah instead but it's like that sort of same like you know early like y2k concept of what an anthropomorphic virus looks like yeah Um, and so yeah we have the icy blitzwing the the hothead blitzwing like the crazy blitzwing uh who who is the he's like the low random blitzwing because he starts dancing um, but it, they all have different voices as well icy yes. speaks in a posh english accent or an attempt at a posh english accent i think it's supposed to be like clipped german like fancy is german it? yes i think they all have german accents like they're is it he's, all, all yes. german okay yeah okay so his is like a, a clip posh I guess, I guess, at, yeah, I guess Hothead Blitzwing is, like, Austrian. Yeah, talk, technically yeah. that's Austrian, <laughs> but, uh, no. Um, so, uh, yeah, Hothead is a Schwarzenegger impression, and um, the sort of crazy one is... I forgot what the fan name for that one is. I don't remember either. It is Icy either. and Hothead. Yeah, it's Icy Hothead, can't. and I don't remember the third one. Uh, but, yeah, so they're just, they're they're all bickering with each other. About various things, yeah. So we also, you know, we also hear that Black Arachnia is some kind of, like, techno-organic transformer, which Blitzwing finds distasteful. Um, he's like, yeah, actually, I've got three faces, but you're the way bigger freak. Um, oh, and random so is all, the last one. Yes, random Blitzwing. Uh, and they're all arguing, and this is when Megatron enters the, enters the uh, bridge and tells them all to shut up. 
Yeah. And they they do, and they file yeah. into rank. And immediately Starscream is in suck-up mode. It's amazing. Well, uh, what's interesting is that, you know, there is a command structure here. Yes. Um, and Starscream is second in command. So, when, you know, Megatron walks in, he goes to the front, and he goes, Starscream, report. And he um, does. He's like, well, we've detected this. Uh, oh, oh, great and glorious Megatron. We've detected an energy signature very similar to the AllSpark on this tiny Autobot ship. And he's like, great, and, I'm going to go get it. And there's a little thought bubble coming out of his head that says, bites you and bites you and bites you and yep. bites you. It starts with, oh, uh, I'll go get it for you, my glorious liege. And Megatron's like, no. Well, uh, well. He does more than that. He grabs Starscream by the wing and he's yes, like, I, and he's like he's... drags him to it and he crumples the top of Starscream's wing and he goes, you're not going, I'm going myself. I'm not letting you anywhere near the AllSpark unsupervised. And immediately, lets... immediately establishing this Megatron is like, no, 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 this one doesn't take any shit. This one is not here to like let Starscream do anything. He's like, no, no, no. And he lets go, and he turns around, and he walks away, and the camera stays on Starscream for just a beat longer, just long enough for him to mutter out his breath, I'll just get these fixed then. <laughs> it's really funny. See, I want to talk a little bit about animated uh, Megatron, because he's fucking great. Um, this is Corey Burton, classically Shockwave's voice actor, uh, but he's all over the franchise, obviously. He's a very prolific voice actor. Uh, and he is, this Megatron is definitely the most muted and subdued Megatron. Like. He's erudite. Th this dude's fucking, th this dude's like very, very menacing. He takes no shit. He's very intelligent. Like he's got it all figured out and he knows what he wants and what he wants is the all spark. Uh, but yeah, so as he's getting ready to go and then and, and fly out to get the AllSpark himself, uh, Starscream, you know, gives him some encouragement and a friendly pat on the back. Yep. Do we see what he puts on now? Yes, it's like yeah, a, it's, yeah, we see it immediately. The deadliest kick me sign. It really, it looks like, yeah, it's just a big fucking, like, blinking light. And he's like, oh, good luck. And Megatron's like, I don't believe in luck. And he and flies off. And Starscream says, neither do I. So immediately, back on the arc, they get a visual on Megatron. Oh, by the way, there's, there's, there's a moment of panic when they realize that the ship that's chasing them is the Nemesis. And Bumblebee's like, well, hang on, you mean that's Megatron's ship? The Megatron? Oh, okay. Well, I guess we're dead. Yeah, it's been nice knowing you, but we are super going to die. Yeah. So And, like, so, as of yet... We haven't really seen the main thing that separates the Autobots and the Decepticons in this show. Because, obviously, we've seen the ships and their huge scales. But, like, yeah, it's a Decepticon warship. It's an Autobot maintenance cruiser. Obviously, they're not going to be the same scale. So, yeah. as they Megatron flies out and they're, like, trying to keep him away from the ship with Optimus literally using the, like like manipulator arms for moving rubble to like try and hold megatron down he he sends bulkhead and bumblebee out over to the cargo hold to guard it while everyone else uh well i think ratchet and prowl stay on the uh stay on the bridge uh this is when starscream blows the bomb and shit starts going haywire so megatron explodes and at first, you just see his, like, disembodied arm still holding onto the top of the arc. 
We did it. He's dead. He's already dead. It's fine. We're done. Yeah, Starscream. Uh, I mean, Starscream certainly celebrating. Yes, he is literally going. Ooh, he's like yelling and cheering, and then he's like, "All right, gotta compose myself. Gotta turn around." No, no, no. It's uh, the words he say are he like he goes solemn face, solemn face. So uh, yeah, he starts walking over back to the bridge. Optimus is like, "Ooh, all right, everyone, all right. Where'd Megatron go?" And then the smoke clears. And Megatron's in there, and uh, one thing you may notice about Megatron, he's very big. <laughs> he The scale is, like, it's untenable. Insane. It's untenable. Optimus is literally half his height, and he is, like, the biggest one here other than Bulkhead. Later, we see Starscream holding Bumblebee, and literally Bumblebee looks like a toy. Decepticons in the show are, as a rule, fuck huge. Like, I think the one thing I really like about the show is that often the Autobots and Decepticons, you know, they're obviously factions, but they feel like the same kind of thing. This show really makes them feel like two distinct groups in terms of just, like, the way they are. And Megatron just starts slapping everyone around like nothing. Um, he literally only has one arm. His other arm is, like, mostly endoskeleton at this point. And he's just fucking destroying them. Absolutely irrelevant. Yeah. Um, and, like, they they can't get their fucking shit together for a minute. Prowl manages to, like, pull off a cool ninja move with a decoy to cut, uh, Megatron, the the remains of Megatron's arm off. And, like, that was a pretty cool move. Unfortunately, didn't fucking matter. This is also starts. Well, this is an important thing to talk about because this sort of establishes a core thing about Prowl's character in this show, which is that he is not a team player at all. No. Um, so Optimus sees Prowl going for Megatron. He's like, "No, Prowl, don't! You'll die super bad." Um, and then it ends up being the decoy, um, and Optimus sort of like looks at the real Prowl afterwards and says. Well, I'm the decoy was a good idea, but I wish you'd given us a heads up. And Prowl will continue to not do that much yeah, to his detriment. He has, a, he, he has a funny line. He's like, "Well, if I gave you a heads up, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have worked." <laughs> um, but that that doesn't do anything to Megatron. They turn off the gravity at one point uh, to try and get an upper hand. They sort of do for, like, two minutes. I mean, uh, you don't get an upper hand. They level the playing field yes. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they t- There they t- is t- no point in this fight where the Autobots have the upper hand, I yeah. would say. I mean, thankfully, like, Starscream's bomb blew up Megatron's fusion cannon, because otherwise... Oh, yeah, that should be noted <laughs> as well. That that we didn't talk about, but before he, he gets blown oh, up... Oh, it's so cool. We do get to see Megatron's fusion cannon, and it is gnarly now that is a fucking fusion cannon it's like half his fucking body height it's huge and also guess what it's got the classic g1 foomp noise it sure does oh it's so sexy uh but yeah so that's gone otherwise this fight would have been over now like immediately <laughs> um but as it is it's not looking good the all spark shrouds the arc in energy and sends it hurtling through the uh the space bridge and then the space bridge explodes behind it. Uh, and this is when Starscream heads up to the bridge. He's like, ah, 
I'm so, my my Decepticons. I'm so sorry. Megatron has passed. I I will now take command. And he turns around, and there's no one there. And all of the escape pods eject from the Nemesis. Yeah, he's like, "Where did everyone go?" And then he gets absorbed by the sun. Now, yeah, folks, he gets blown the fuck up, <laughs> folks. We've made this joke in every series we've watched so far about the Starscream death counter. However, it is a very real thing in animated. Oh, yes. So, yeah, Starscream don't... death counter, one. <laughs> yeah, keep keep a track on that. It's going to go up real real high at some point. Um, We're at one. We will be yeah. at two by the end of this episode. So the arc comes out of hyperspace over a very familiar looking blue planet. Um... And Megatron is still beating the shit out of everyone. Um, they sort of tumble towards the cargo hold. It's just Optimus and Megatron now. Um, Megatron is momentarily distracted by the AllSpark, which allows Optimus to pull a pretty cool maneuver. He opens the airlock and, like, forces Megatron out while they're uh burning up in re-entry yeah uh and you you see it, it has a very uh 86 movie i still function feel yeah. to it he, uh, yeah, he plummets he to the earth limitedly huge... functions at this point yeah so he plummets to the earth in a huge fucking fireball uh we see the what the fuck was this it, this town had a weird name that i i can't remember um but, like, we see a barn with the name Sundeck on it, and there's a guy in there tinkering with some inventions, and then... A little kid. Yeah, he's, like, he's, like, a little... He's, like, he's probably, like, high school age in this, yeah, okay, I would fine, say. Yeah, okay, fine, fine. He's, uh, yeah, I, middle school, middle school, high school kid. Yeah, because I, I think he's, I think he's, like, early... In his 60s. Yeah, he's, like, yeah. in his 60s in the present. Uh, But he, he, yeah. he hears, a, he sees a big explosion outside... And he goes out to investigate and finds Megatron's fucking head in his backyard. Um, where's the rest of him? We don't know. But Megatron seems dealt with now. This is another thing that Animated pulls from the movie. Not just the AllSpark, which I haven't remarked on yet. But obviously, the AllSpark is the main thing in the 2007 movie. And it's the main thing in this show as well. And unlike the movies, uh, the show doesn't forget about it. Yes. Uh, but Megatron... As we see later being the, like, secret source of a human technological boom is also straight from the movies. Um, and so, yeah, the auto we see the Autobots, like, uh, preparing to enter Stasis Lock uh, to, to cushion themselves from the crash. Optimus pulls the ship away from crash landing in a city because uh, he's, he's just like that. And instead, it plummets directly into Lake Erie. But like uh, right next to Detroit. Yeah, it's he. He didn't hit Detroit. He did, but I mean, hey, Lake Lake Erie's big. Uh, there's a lot of shipwrecks in it, so you know, fits right in. Can't have shit in Detroit. Uh, well, it turns out actually we can have a lot of shit in Detroit because we skip fifty years. Not quite as long of a nap as G one Autobots had, but uh, still fairly long. Um, and here's where we enter one of perhaps the least well-aged parts of Animated. Yeah, you gotta kind of just grin and bear Tom it. Tom Kenny uh, performing Isaac Sumdak's voice. Not what one would go with today, 
certainly one would um, hope yeah definitely not um in a post the problem with a poo world for sure yeah i mean some ducks like an interesting character right because yes. like his actual character is not at all filled with racist stereotypes no right? it's just like, the voice the voice right, is exactly just... like his his character is like a very well-rounded like in inventor <laughs> you know and he's also very round and, he, and he's round but like there's nothing there's nothing like first of all there's nothing inherently like south asian about his character Not um, really, and no. it is and it is actually pretty cool that they made their centri- central character, um, human character, both he and Sari, his daughter, who we'll get to in just a moment, um, you know, like, explicitly brown and very clearly visually brown. Like, you know, that's a cool decision to make for your cartoon um, 15 years ago. However. <laughs> Less cool is this fucking voice. Yeah. And I'm just, like, not sure why they chose to go. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I don't know why they chose. Yeah, I'm like, I think they could have gone with anyone else uh, other than Tom Kenny. We're, like, not gone with this. Right. Like, they could have just, like, not had an accent for her. I mean, sorry, doesn't have an accent. Yeah, she doesn't. Like, I I guess, like, maybe some Dak is, like, a second generation immigrant or whatever, but we don't get any of that detail. Right. Like you said. Uh, So, like, yeah. But the the voice, you you just gotta, like, sort of slide past it. It's gonna gonna be here the whole show, I'm afraid. Um, Yeah, it's not going anywhere. You just gotta grin and bear it. (laughs) He doesn't, like, cough halfway through season two and goes, ah, hello, everyone. Um... No, but he he is here to sort of introduce us to the main setting of Transformers Animated Future Detroit, where he explains that over the past fifty years, his he and his company have have revitalized Detroit, turning it into a the the center of robotics instead of the center of automotive industry. Um, and he's got a very rosy like monologue about how ah, robots are our friends and they help us out and like all that sort of stuff and you know future detroit almost seems like a sort of fucking fully automated gay luxury space communism situation almost <laughs> yeah i mean not gay but yeah yeah but like it's uh but you know he's and it's real he's given a, a tour to some kids also this is the first time we see uh the the fucking uh cameo from daniel and and carly from g1 who show up quite a lot uh, along uh, not daniel spike daniel's also in the show but he's a kid uh but yeah he, i think he's in this spike tour, is also here that's <laughs> right to, reduced to a toy <laughs> so yeah he's, he's he's giving a tour to these kids um but it is interrupted by sorry his 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 daughter here who is chasing around his her her robotic pet spark plug and she immediately oh. establishes herself as like very socially awkward i would say so a quick note sorry is voiced by tara strong who is at her <laughs> most tara strong i would say in sorry it's like if you got like the slider perfectly between twilight sparko and timmy turner yeah that's where that's where sorry sitting honestly that's a great way to put it because there's a kid in this crowd who is also voiced by tara strong who is literally just the timmy turner voice 
Yeah. Um, she so her like normal speaking voice is like a s- wilder Twilight Sparkle, but like she goes high pitch often, and that slides into Timmy Ter- Turner. T- <laughs> yeah. I'm a twelve year old boy. Come closer, yep. closer. Absolutely. So yeah, sorry. Immediately puts she does some weird stuff with gum and grosses everyone out, and and sometimes like okay, uh, you need to go now. Sorry, Tutorbot, come get her. Tutorbot, of course. Also, Tom Kenny. Uh, this dude. Please be, oh. please be nice to my normal, definitely normal daughter. Yeah, she's very normal. She's she's just awkward. There's nothing else going on with her. Um, and yeah, so they uh they get over to the nanobot lab and some dax explaining like these nanobots are gonna revolutionize the medical field and be able to do stuff that's too small and and finicky for human hands and immediately uh the bots graft to a cockroach and start absorbing all of the metal within a fucking within fucking reach and start accuring all over the goddamn place we love to slurp. Oops. Uh, so yeah, Transformer Rollout Part 2. And the thing about these episodes is that they are split into three episodes. But you can definitely tell these are meant to be viewed as like a movie. Um, there's no real like... The first two parts certainly are. I think the third part maybe could stand on its own. Yeah. But it's definitely like the act structure is not contained within a single episode. The Each episode is an act. You got the first act, the second act, the third act. And we start up right where we left off with the fucking nano beast, like slurping and growing and getting big and gross. And this is when one of my favorite characters uh, gets a call. So we see a guy at the burger bot. He's getting ready to chow down on a fucking robo burger, whatever the hell. And he's and he gets a call on his fucking shortwave radio. This is police captain Fanzone. Um, and this is Jeff Glenn Bennett again, sort of doing an accent that is like maximum Wisconsin, like Wisconsin, Minnesota. This dude's from fucking Fargo. Oh, and he hates machines. He wants, I want, he wants you to make sure you know that it's the first thing he says (laughs) once he gets on scene. He goes, this is why I hate machines. But yeah, he, he. By the way, his uh, his vehicle is like a tiny yellow car. Keep an eye out for that later. But yeah, Captain Fanzone arrives, and immediately he me, he immediately says his catchphrase. This is why I hate machines. He's yep. got a beautiful mustache. Not not a very big fan for a man named Fanzone. He is he is shaped. This man is like a rectangle. <laughs> man, this man. This man is made out of corners. He is. He is a fucking pure slab of Midwestern beef. The um, only character, the only character, including the robots who are made out of <laughs> angles in the show. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, the fucking nano beast is, once again, a curing all over the place. There, There is no other verb for what they're doing. And just slur- slurping on all those machines. Um and they, so, so while it's doing that, everyone is kind of getting evacuated from Sumdak Labs, and and, I, and Professor Sumdak is like, "Wait, my daughter's still in there," and she is indeed. She's trying to get her fucking key card back from her dog. Yeah, from her dog, Sparkplug. Remember, that was I was just like, "Oh, Sparkplug, how far far you fallen? How far you've you've fallen? Maybe, maybe you know when he got old, they put him in a robot dog body. 
you know it's like tristan from uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. so that's a monkey how dare you when uh so and so fans was like i know how to deal with this bring out the fucking rpgs <laughs> and uh, some deck is immediately like not nah, wait i you shouldn't do that i would not recommend Fanta- that fan zones like you know what maybe this day isn't a bust after all if i get to destroy some machines yep and then he so he blows it up with smart <laughs> apparently the detroit pd have smart bombs this is, um, i mean listen this is why we tell you to defund the police folks exactly they have fucking smart bombs and helicopter drones maybe this, maybe this isn't the fucking uh gay space communism i was promised this is something darker there's something darker at the heart of detroit i get you know detroit is where robocop takes place so you know and become human. Oh shit! Oh shit! Didn't think of that one, did you? I didn't because I was thinking about good things. <laughs> so the thing explodes into goop, but quickly begins to reconstitute. Except one of the goop bits falls into the lake and floats down and gets into the ark and sets off Teletrain One's security, who like reawakens all of the Autobots from their stasis. They are fortunately uh, woken before any serious damage yeah before it can start slurping uh ratchet immediately grabs it and is like well it's definitely at least partially mechanical but also there's a lot of meat in there the optimist optimist just hears the mechanical part he's like cool that rules that means we're on a planet with other robotic life (laughs) yeah so he sends up teletrain one to scout on this is the part that is straight up taken from the opening of yes 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 where where he's like looking at this he sees the big nano creature he's like okay well we should uh help them with that however the decepticons might still be around so we need to pick some new forms and blend in teletrain one scan us some uh some alternate modes here and not only is this a g1 thing this is also a beast wars thing because while the 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 cube like reaching down from the satellite and scanning the vehicles is literally straight out of g1 them entering this like changing chamber is the beginning of beast wars where all of them go in and and reform Mm. it into their techno organic forms it's been a hot minute since I watched Beast Wars. I forgot about yeah, that. So it's like it's you, you got both of them in there. It's kind of cool. And so they all get their new looks. And I love how they just kind of awkwardly stand around looking at each other for a minute. Great. How do I look, honey? Bad. Bad. So everyone but Ratchet heads topside to deal with the situation. And Ratchet's like, all right, I'm going to stay here and figure out what's up with the goop. Um, so sorry is still inside the the building looking for spark plug and uh, yeah they have they have mistaken the various emergency vehicles on scene for the the denizens of the planet so the autobots roll out of the lake and optimus is like greetings fellow uh mechanoids what seems to be the problem and my god They've taken all of their voices. Yes, oh my god. Then Bumblebee's like, does anyone on this planet know how to fucking talk? Because, like, they keep going to talk to the cars and the fucking helicopter drones and shit. And he, they're just like, what's going on here? But yeah, they, eventually. Yeah, eventually they see uh, Sorry trying to capture uh, Sparkplug. I and... love this. I love this so much because Vulcan's like, what the fuck is that? And Bumblebee's like, I don't know. Maybe the little creature is his pet. And Vulcan just goes, it's pet. Yeah, it's pet. And Vulcan just goes, I don't know why you want a pet that's so much bigger than you, but okay. Yeah. 
Um, at, at this point, uh, it should be noted that Sari does have spark plug on a leash, so they yep. are connected. Uh, so it could it it does look a little bit like spark plug is walking her. Yeah. As opposed to the other way around. So Bulkhead rolls up and immediately Hello there, little creature. Um by the way, as I mentioned, Bulkhead is voiced by Bill Fagerbaki in this show, who did yep. it's listen, there's a lot of linings that just very much sound like Patrick. He can't help it, he just sounds like that. That's literally just his voice, pretty much. Imagine uh alternate universe where everything is exactly the same except toby fox sampled uh bulkhead for sans instead of patrick (laughs) what a what a weird world but yeah so sorry is understandably uh freaked out by two cars coming up and talking to her um and she screams very loud which causes uh bubbly to go my god it's got some kind of sonic emitter built into it yeah, high frequency uh, sonic weapon. So while there, so she runs directly towards the nano beast. Um, as she runs, by the way, Bulkhead looks at Bumblebee and goes, "I think it's scared." It's like, <laughs> do you, do you, Bumblebee, Bulkhead? Damn, huge if true. Um, huge if true. But yeah, so she starts running right for the fucking googly glop. Uh, by the way, interestingly enough, so like. Obviously, this show is is more than any other Transformers show, like a superhero show. The Autobots are literally superheroes in uh, in in this uh, version of the continuity, pretty much. Like they're treated yeah. as such by the city, and they even have the classic superhero origin because this is exactly the first issue of the Fantastic Four, where they get all their powers and they fight a big monster that comes out of the ground. This is like this is like classic superhero stuff right here. Um, but yeah, Sari gets grabbed by the, uh, by the creature, uh, and menaced. So everyone, you know, Fanzone at this point has, has called everyone to retreat. And so he looks and he sees a bunch of guys not retreating. And he goes, what the fuck are the, what, what are those cowboys up to? And he zooms, I love this line because he's looking through his binoculars and he looks at Prowl, who is sitting there without a driver. And he goes, wait, where's the driver's? What, what, where's my where's the driver for my car <laughs> why and they say, wait a minute what, why is my car over there um but yeah so once sorry gets grabbed they have to break uh they have to transform and like uh reveal themselves um and ransom just leans over and goes like they want it says some deck and goes they want it yours and he goes no but they you know they kind of look familiar though weird it, yeah, uh, that. Don't worry, we'll know why by the end of the yeah. episode. <laughs> so, so Bumblebee saves Sorry as the other Autobots fight the Beast, and I love this because that's when that line happens, and then Fanzone goes, "Yeah, but not familiar enough to trust with your daughter, eh?" And so he orders everyone to attack Bumblebee. Meanwhile, Bumblebee and Sorry are are talking and getting to know each other. And it's because kind of they are the scene. same mental age. They pretty much are. It's very cute, also, because Bumblebee is talking to her and he's like, uh, "So, what's your name?" And she's like, "I'm Bumblebee. What's your name?" And <laughs> she goes, "I'm sorry." And he goes, "No, it's okay. I like my name." <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Like it's it's such a fucking easy like the it's fucking who's on first shit, but it does get me very good. <laughs> she's like, "No, no, no. That's my name." Oh uh, yeah, this is when the the bots, the like the helicopter drones, start attacking him. Um, the fight against the 
goop monsters going poorly. Uh, it eats bulkhead's ball, singular. Um, and he and Optimus are trying to pull it out from the fucking monster. And then <laughs> Prowl just cuts the fucking wrecking ball off. Uh, yep. and, uh, he, and this is after Optimus uh, tells him to lend a servo. And after he does that, Bulkheads goes, he said, lend a servo, not cut a servo, asshole. Yeah. I lo- and this is the funniest part of the episode. So, so Optimus is like, hey, man, listen, you gotta, you gotta, like, we gotta work as a team if we can do this. And, and Prowl goes, the only team I need is myself. And he does a cool flip and instantly dies. Yeah. So what he does, he... He's like, I'm going to ninja this. Again, so as established in the first episode, not a team player, um, and does attacks without, uh, both against Optimus' orders and without notifying Optimus, and um, attacks right into the nanomachine bug, and um, gets uh, Akira. He gets eaten. Uh, imme- like immediately after saying, "I the only one I need to rely on is myself," and he's like a cool badass ninja, and then he just he basically fucking slips on a banana peel. <laughs> like, boop, 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 boop. it's great. Uh, so Bumblebee ha- at this point has dis- has quickly disabled all of the drones attacking him, leaving fans to be like, "Holy fuck, what the hell is that?" Uh, and he deposits Sorry safely onto the roof before rejoining the others, and. So Optimus calls Ratchet for backup. He's like, Ratchet, you gotta get down here. And I love this, because Ratchet, like, goes full fucking grandpa bitch mode and is, all right, you little shit, I could go up there right now and and, and uh, immediately die. Cause and I'm Optimus old. is like, yes, that sounds great. And then Ratchet goes, or I can stay down here and finish the fucking override key I'm working on to stop the nano machines. He goes, oh. Well, that also sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess he should do that one. Um, it's very like this. Oth- like immediately establishing this Optimus is like he's very overeager. He's very inexperienced, but like his heart's in the right place. He's just he doesn't have the stuff yet. He doesn't have the touch. Uh, but so so Ratchet delivers him the override key. And he's, like, he's like, listen, you, there there's like a central circuit located directly in the beast's mouth. But you gotta get in there, and Bulkhead and Optimus go, well, you'd have to be pretty small and fast to maneuver yourself up in that. And they both look down at Bumblebee, who goes, I don't know, I don't know why everyone's looking at me. It's because you're, it's because you're, you're the perfect Vor target, Bumblebee, I'm sorry. Yeah, time to get eight. So, they distract, Bulkhead and Optimus distract the beast while, uh, Bumblebee goes to ramp it however optimus notices that uh the beast is fighting way more smartly now and he realizes that it's like it's absorbing prowl's intellect and he's like wait hang on bumblebee abort the mission don't do it and bumblebee's like too late man <laughs> i'm already going really fast <laughs> so so optimus and bulkhead get eaten they do get eaten yeah but thankfully b does the fucking Beowulf maneuver and jumps right into the beast's mouth, plugs the key in, and the, it it uh, collapses into a pile of inert nanomachines. And, and the day was saved, thanks to the Powerpuff yeah. Girls. And they're like, ooh, alright, that's over with. And Optimus goes over because and tells Prowl, 
all right, you fucking asshole, don't pull any shit like that again. And then he brushes the dining machines and he goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> because Prowl has a gaping hole in his chest. Yeah. And he's dying. Immediately. And Optimus is like, okay, okay, no one panic. I'm the only one who can panic right now. Um, Bumblebee... You take Prowl back right now, immediately. However, Bumble, so yeah, but Bumblebee's getting ready to leave to bring Prowl back to the Ark. Sorry, runs in there was like, you were fucking, you are so cool. All of you guys are fucking rad. Um, oh, by the way, we forgot to mention when they first transform, they all have like the cool anime cut-in stock footage transformation with the speed lines and shit. It's pretty cool. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's very magical. Girl. Um, but Sora's like, hey, can I come too? And Bumblebee's like, yeah, sure, why not? And well, so no, he is not. Well, okay, she 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 sort of forces the issue. It's like you probably shouldn't. Then he she gets inside his like cab and he goes. So this is this is the the first part where, um, he actually transforms an arm out to like yes. pick her out of him and put her down yeah it's very yeah he's like he's like i can't do this right now like i gotta go my friend is literally dying please and she's like well just like take me with you and at that point she like climbs back in and she's like half in his like window and she's like please 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 and before bumblebee can like get rid of her again optimus is like bumblebee what the fuck are you doing prowl is dying you need to go." go you gotta go and bumblebee's like okay i don't have time to argue with you but like stay low and stay out of the way let's go and so this he starts driving into the lake and sorry goes hey am i gonna be able to breathe down here and well he says yeah sure what's breathing breathe yeah <laughs> it's like, uh-oh but she is it's fine she's fine so we get we get some shenanigans here at the arc ratchet's doing his best to fix prowl but he's like yeah it's um pretty bad optimus it's uh some fucking gnarly shit i don't know how much i'm gonna be able to do um and bumblebee has been forced to stay in car mode this entire time because sorry is like laying down in his front seat and she's like fucking fucking around in there and trying to get his attention and honking the horn and causing him to act erratically so we get some like it's like an inverse of E.T., where it's like the human is among the aliens and the alien has to hide yeah. him, hide them. Yeah, so Optimus is like, oh, Bumblebee, what the fuck are you doing? Just like <laughs> transform into robot mode and stop fucking around. And Bumblebee's like, yes, robot mode. And so then he, he like drives off screen and like wheels, like skids around, does a donut, um passes by a vent which he opens his door pops sorry into she falls down it's like a laundry chute (laughs) and that he like skids back in and transforms he's like yes i'm normal i'm regular however turns out that chute went to the cargo bay and sorry falls down and uh, lands right in front of the allspark which does stuff they have a quick conversation it's fine yeah the allspark opens up and scans her and makes some noises, and then her key card turns into a normal key, and she goes, "I, hell, what just happened here? That's no, what not awesome. It does not turn into a normal key. <laughs> it well, turns into a key. Um, I would not call this a normal key. It is. Um, 
It's like uh, something you'd put into an ignition. Yeah, it's like it's like a car key. Um, this is when Optimus shows up and is like, "Now, nah, how the fuck did you get here?" And Bumblebee says, "You know, I'll let you know when I've narrowed down my excuses from the five I'm thinking up right now." God, it's good. Um, but uh, they don't. There's not like a ton of time to be mad because. Prowl. Yeah, Ratchet immediately radios Prime and says, hey, Prowl is uh, dying. <laughs> He's getting worse. Yeah, you might want to get up here and say goodbye to Prowl before so, he passes on to the other side. So they all run up there, but when Sorry gets near Prowl, her key oh, begins wait. to glow. There is one There is one line before they go up there that I do want to um, point out, which is when Optimus is questioning it, he doesn't say, how did she get here? He says, how, does it, how did it get here? Um, That's right. And... Uh, sorry, he's like, I'm not an it, I'm a she. <laughs> this, and this becomes important later. That's true. Um, so yeah, so that's, so sorry's key begins to glow when it gets near Prowl. And so Optimus just kind of like, might as well, and puts, puts her on the operating table. And sort yeah, of, Bumblebee like lifts her up onto it. And just like, kind of, kind of pushes her towards Prowl, like, do whatever. Um. So she climbs onto his chest, and there's like a there's like a uh, slot in in there, and she like an ignition grabs the key, which transforms, complete with sound, uh, into the key to fit that slot, and she plugs it in, and there's a lot of glowiness, and Prowl is miraculously healed, and Bumblebee says, "Can all she's do that?" <laughs> it's good. Which is really funny because black arachne exists. That's true. Like, <laughs> like it's fe- not as though. Yeah, in, in this the, in is the- a Transformers universe, unlike IDW, where she her pronouns are not used. Yeah, like literally, there's a bunch of lady Transformers in animated, like in the background. Yeah, and stuff, I mean, so Strike not- is there. Yeah, like, yeah. Just just flew through the old Spark all- Almac and to find a whole bunch of ladies. So it's very funny. Uh, maybe mean. Bumblebee is just an incel. He's never met one. So, but they can't, they can't wonder for too long because Teletrain 1 informs them that there's a bunch of uh, spotlights over the lake. And Sari's like, oh, right. Yeah, my dad's probably looking for me. Yeah, I'm a missing child. Sorry. Whoops. Uh, so they, everyone goes up to return Sari and kind of properly introduce themselves. Fanzone tells them to, uh, to put their hands up. I, I don't know if I established how, like, Fanzone is pure comic relief he is a he is a buffoon um he's he's like he's such an interesting character archetype to put on this show but he's a very fun yeah foil. he's he's kind of like if j jonah jameson was a police chief yeah he's a he's a he's a very jj-esque figure of like He's technically antagonistic, but not in any real malevolent way, just in a sort of, like, he doesn't get along with them, really. Doesn't like them, but, you know, he can't do much about it. But yeah, Yeah. he tells them them to put their hands up and walk towards them real slowly. And Optimus goes, what the fuck does he want want us to do that? Does he tell them to walk forward? I think so, yeah. Hold your hands up and approach slowly. And he's like, Optimus says, ask sorry. Why do they want us to do that? And then she goes, I don't know. It's to make you look less threatening, probably. So they all raise their hands in the most threatening manner possible and start shambling forward. To be fair, 
There is no way they could have done that in a way that wasn't going no. to look threatening. Absolutely not. Everyone gets freaked out, but Starry's like, hang on, whoa, 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 it's, they're friendly, it's fine. And Sumdak immediately runs forward and hugs her, and the situation is diffused. Um, and they all get an official hero's welcome for saving the city from the big nanobug. Uh, they, like, Isaac shakes optimus's finger in a very funny scene he's like i'm i'm i am happy to welcome these emissaries from cybertron to detroit and hope that this is a, a few a great future of cooperation between our worlds and, and optimus kind of turns to ratchet and goes you know well, optimus yeah optimus is like loving it yes uh, he's like yes this is what i was talking about this is the greater calling that i was meant to do like i could have done nothing like ultra magnus told me to do and where would I be then? Ratchet, this rules. Is this what it was like for you? And Ratchet's just like, no. Yeah, it's like the Decepticons didn't give us much cause to celebrate, kid. We didn't have a lot of metal ceremonies. Um, so, late, uh, and we see later that uh, high above Earth, in a nemesis that is now pretty Swiss cheesed, uh, Starscream, who is sort of got a little crazy from being alone for 50 years um it's like all right finally i found the fucking all spark i'm gonna get it it's on this well, it's fucking only 50 years it's that's true he's only he's only that's yeah that's being like it's like being alone for a week and you go a little stir crazy he yeah. hasn't gone mad from the isolation that would take a long time yeah he, he zooms on on earth just he's been like, in COVID oh. quarantine yeah he's like i'm gonna get you and then we get Transformer Roll Out Part 3! And we get a little montage of the Autobots adjusting to life on Earth uh, with various activities. I, I really like this fucking New Yorker who has been transplanted into fucking... Detroit? Tra- yeah, he's like, well, there's fucking traffic. I might as well walk here. And Bulkhead behind him goes, hey, man, that's a great idea. In 50 years in the future, everyone has that accent in the United States, actually. That's, that's, that's beautiful. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so Bulkhead does what he says and starts walking. Um, yep. Prowl is like, everyone everyone's like, yo, is that one of the Autobots? He looks so cool. Prowl's and getting he, literally shot on. Yeah, he's getting shot on by birds, but he's like, huh, interesting. Um, Bumblebee, sorry, teaches Bumblebee how they fuel up and orders way too much food for a young lady of her stature. Um, and... Well, Ratchet, yeah. So yeah. she she she's at the Burger Bot uh, and orders like a fucking Big Mac or whatever. Um, I do love that the Burger Bot seeming the drive-through machine transforms into a chef thing and seemingly prepares your food for you as well. Yeah. Robots can do everything. Uh, Ratchet's just trying to take a goddamn nap, and they keep giving him parking tickets. So this is this this brings up an interesting question for me which is did they have valid license plates no Ooh, you know you have to get you have to put the end license plate when you give out a ticket i guess they copied existing cars so like they would have those vehicles license plates. so then again do do emergency vehicles have license plates like i assume they do yes huh. right, everything so that, has to have a license plate so maybe what's actually happening is that some other guy is get like some ambulance driver is gonna get fucking three billion dollars in parking yeah. tickets because yeah. ratchet's using his license plate um, uh-huh. they're gonna have to call ratchet into fucking traffic court to clear that up uh the last vignette we see obviously oh, is Optimus, which is this is great <laughs> so optimus is at the park and he was so sorry again she's doing double duty um 
and uh, they're watching uh, like kids play, and Optimus is like, "Yeah, no, this is great. I love learning so much about your world." Hey, quick question. Sorry, how do you make the little ones? Yeah, and so- <laughs> she she leans down and she whispers in his ear, and Optimus just sort of has his jaw dropped very his quickly. Eye- his eyes go wide. He goes. He just, he just, like, stares out into the distance. Yeah. Um, Fucking explicitly not canon in the TFA universe. <laughs> <laughs> On the other side of it, due, due to Transformers fuck uh, canon spectrum. Yeah. On one side, we have TFA, and on the other side, we have Bavers. Yep. Um, also, I, I just want to say, I want to shout out this little The Armada Russian, comic? I, that, too. But I also, I just want to shout out... God damn it, Don Figueroa. Why... He literally, he was like, haha, I drew Optimus' dick and balls as a joke. It's like, what? What are you and doing? I would have gotten there? away with it, too, if it weren't for those meddling editors. <laughs> they should have they kept it in. God damn it. Um, but yeah, so one thing I want to point out about this scene also is that I love the tiny communist baby with the Ushanka with only the hammer on it instead of a hammer and sickle. Yeah! <laughs> There's the, the, the incidental, like, background humans in this show look fucking great. All of them are just, like, a, a motley crew of little freaks. I love them. Um, but, yeah, so we get that. Optimus learns what fucking is. Um, and I, I presume, sorry, no, like, like, I'm sure Tuyerbot has a very, you know, very clinical terms. Sorry so definitely really... knows what fucking is. Oh, yeah. So, sorry then shows all the Autobots to their new home base because she's like, listen ship at the bottom of lake erie is cool and all but you don't that's it's kind of annoying to get to and from you know so instead i took it on myself to to find some shitty old rundown industrial park that my uh my dad bought in a merger that doesn't even know he has and like hey here you go here's your new home and they look around and uh <laughs> optimus is like this is what uh you humans like to call a fixer-upper because it's a shithole it's it's not it, it doesn't look good but bulk is like i don't care i'm gonna sit my ass down because i'm tired and then immediately after sit he sits down ass down and listen <laughs> uh god there's some i just remembered the fucking bulkhead chair <laughs> from later oh god hell yes um but yeah so no sooner has he sat down than they hear sirens in the distance there's a big high-rise fire and they gotta go do their stuff uh they save everyone with their various heroics and the city news is like ah the autobots do it again hero new the they also call them detroit's latest superheroes which to me seems like there have been other superheroes in this universe yeah well you know they're close to the comedian uh border i'm sure alpha squad gets down I was, there i was about to say his wolverine showed up in detroit before yeah. um but so yeah but then we cut to starscream watching all this and going your days as a heroes are numbered autobots i'm coming for you yeah and he's like man i i kill all these guys so easily and fun thing about the starscream is he can yeah he definitely can so we get our intro and we cut to a ribbon-cutting ceremony for Sumdax's new <clears throat> fully automated rapid transit system. Yeah, it's the fart. Or the farts. Um, I believe the writers went on record as saying that was a total accident. They didn't intend to it, but it's very funny that they came up with that. 
Um, I would like to, I like to think that all of some DAC's like inventions like this have accidentally dirty acronyms. He made something called the shit. I don't know what the shit stands for. I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, explicit. I don't think any of them are explicit, but I think no. they're all things like yeah, like the fart or the. I poop. think I think in the um in the in. I think in one of the, I can't remember if it was the BotCon comic or one of the Allspark Almanacs, there's another Sumdac invention with the acronym BUTTS. So yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. by that point they knew. I mean, I mean, I, I think we're looking more at like the Captain yeah. Underpants. Oh yeah, absolutely. Naming convention. But yeah, so he's he's revealing unveiling this new train system, and the the Fanzone is here, the Mayor is here, and of course, the Autobots are here. Um, and Optimus kind of turns to Ratchet and goes, you know, despite all this, like, I don't know, I, I still don't really feel like a hero, even though I'm being treated like one. And Ratchet's like, all right, listen, what you need to understand about heroes, kid, is that most of them fucking die. Yeah, first of all, shut the fuck your mouth. Like, he, being a hero is not, you You don't get the medals, you don't get the, the, the parades, you end up in a fucking unmarked grave on a planet no one knows about. So yeah, we, we kind of get Ratchet's general philosophy on all of this. Um, I, I do kind of like the it's it's a simple but strong through line with like the the thematics of like what does a he- being a hero mean to like all these all these characters, especially Optimus. Um, and as basically as soon as they're done talking about that, uh, we cut to some jets scrambling over an unidentified aircraft. Uh, and guess what? It's Starscream. I love. That uh, so two things. One, this scene of him taking apart the Air Force here, very reminiscent to a similar scene in the 2007 movie where Starscream also blows up a bunch of jets. Yeah, I will say, uh, d- does he look like ass in the 2007 movie? Yes. Is he effective at what he does? Surprisingly, also yes. That, the 2007 movie is the coolest favor Starscream ever is, unfortunately. Um. Well, it's yeah, then he... Uh, l- listen, you got kids to raise. You got mouths yeah. to feed. <laughs> and then he gets killed by Shia LaBeouf in the third one. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. Anyway, Starscream pulls the old... So I love... The second thing is I love that they show all of the t- the pilots ejecting, like, way too fast from their jets. Assumingly, technology has advanced to, like, jets know when they're about to blow up, and so they immediately eject the pilot. Fuck um, it, we ball. I would imagine that, that was, like I imagine that that was like a note from the network, like okay, you can't, you can't have Starscream blow up a bunch of jets. You have to show the guys pop out. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, he scans the jet and goes incognito. Uh, yeah, he's like he's like I've also had enough of this. Like this is also too annoying for me. I yeah. need to need to fit in a bit more. So he turns into his Earth form, and and luckily enough. Some Dak has ordered an air show from the Crimson Angels, uh, so he fits right in there. But really funny, Some Dak is looking up at the jets and he goes, "Hang on a minute, I only paid for six jets. Who's the who's that guy? Why isn't he the same color as the other ones?" And then Starscream starts flying towards the fucking podium, like directly for the podium. He he's not fucking around. No, he's on he's on a mission and. By God, he, he blows them the fuck up. All of the Autobots get blasted, um, and yeah, Starscream very easily just 
wrecked shop here, dispatching all of the Autobots pretty quickly. Um, so he is not as large as Megatron, but he is no. still huge compared to the Autobots, including Optimus. Yeah, he's gigantic. Also, one other thing about uh, this universe is that flight is something that is heavily associated with Decepticons in in Autobot minds. Because when they're watching the air show, Bulkhead's like, ha, ah, finally, a fucking something that flies that isn't a Decepticon. Um, yeah, I mean, it is... It, it, throughout the franchise, and we talked about this many times, but throughout the franchise, Decepticons have overwhelmingly had the most flyers. Yeah. Um, but this is like the the series where it's like, if, you, if it flies, it's a con. Yeah, it's like, it's the first one where it's really remarked upon. Um, if she breathes, she's a con. <laughs> yeah, so Starscream just... All jets are queens. <laughs> if she breathes, she a con. So this, this is when... So Starscream fucking wipes the floor for everyone and demands that Optimus bring him the AllSpark. Um, and Optimus says, fuck off. And Starscream says, all right, cool. I'm going to shoot the little fucking organics until you bring me the AllSpark. Well, first he, like, is able... First he grabs Bumblebee. And... No, that, that comes after this, because what happens is... Oh, right, yeah. He starts he starts unloading at uh, at, at Fanzone, Sumdak, Sorry, and the Mayor, uh, who are running towards the train. Bumblebee then fucking get down Mr. President, Sorry, gets blasted. And, like, here's the thing about Decepticons in this show. Uh, as we will see in the future, they are, like not gonna be showing up every week they are generally reserved for much more threatening occasions like they kind of come into more showing up uh later in the series but even then like they are still dangerous uh if they are absolutely the big bads but listen in batman the animated series he's not going against joker every week either. yeah but but the the point is they did this because they didn't want the decepticons to be a bunch of fucking bumbling idiot cartoon villains who get thwarted every week they right. wanted the decepticon to carry weight and so what happens here is the bumblebee gets hit once by starscream and he fucking goes out like a light yep he's done um and and starscream grabs bumblebee's fucking unconscious frame by the wrist waves him around at optimus and this is the shot where he looks like a fucking doll in starscream's grip he's like a fourth starscream size or something and starscream just goes all right Here's the deal. You bring well, me the AllSpark. Well, well, what he says first is that uh, he's like, bring me the AllSpark. And Optimus is like, I'd sacrifice my life for it. And Starscream's like, bet. But would you sacrifice your friend's life? Yeah, and points his gun at at, uh, Stars- at uh, Bumblebee. And so then he throws Bumblebee into the train, closes it up, and flies up to some deck tower. And he says, all right. Bring me the AllSpark in an hour, or everyone on this fucking uh, vehicle, Autobot and Human, dies. Uh, luckily, he he ignored Sorry. Sorry managed to not be put on the death train. Um, but her dad did, and that matters enough to her. Yeah. She doesn't want her dad to be reduced to a, a pile of chunky marinara. Um, so the Autobots go to formulate a plan. And Sorry's kind of running along, sounding like, hey, listen, I got a plan. And Optimus says, it. Well, I, I, I want to point out one, one thing here. So, so first of all, so Starscream's like, cool, like, you know where to find me. And he transforms and just circles around the tower, yep. which is really funny. Um, but um, 
Optimus just sort of like stares at him. And then Ratchet's like, mm-hmm. How are we feeling about that hero business, basically? <laughs> and Optimus looks at him and goes, I'm supposed to choose between the Allspark and the Earth. How am I supposed to make that choice? And Ratchet's like, well, that's what it means. Yeah, it's like, he's like, heroes are the ones who make those fucking impossible choices. Sorry, bud. Shit sucks. <laughs> that's what I want to tell you. Um, and the Hits the bricks. This is when Sari's like, hey, I got a plan. And Optimus says, that's nice. Go away. Uh, He's but like, she, yeah, I think we'll handle it. Uh, and she starts crying. And Bulkhead's like, oh, no, she sprung a leak. Why is she doing that? She's like, you humans cry when we're sad or scared. And my dad is up there. And he's going to die. And I don't want him. To, I'm so scared. And Optimus is like, okay, fine. <laughs> we'll hear your plan. And she says, great. Immediately snaps out of it. And then she looks at uh, Vulcan and goes, it is also very good for getting what you want. Uh-huh. Uh, so she has the plan, and we kind of cut. We, we cut past the plan, obviously, because you, you, don't, you don't show the plan in a situation like this. So No, she says what it is. Oh, does she? Yeah, no, she says, she, yeah, because, so she says, she's like, okay, here's my plan. Prowl and I will go and like you guys cause a distraction, and Prowl and I will go will go up and save my dad, and then figure something out from there. And Optimus yeah. goes, "Okay, oh well, right," what? and he goes, and, and she's like, "And because I have the key, which you don't have, but I have the key to the Allspark, and I'll just revive Bumblebee there, and like then we'll all be good." And Optimus is like, we will take it under consideration. Sorry. Yeah, and so, but but Optimus is like, hey, where? How do we distract Starscream? Um, and they come now. There's only one thing. There, like, none of us can fly, which means we need to bring him down here. And there's only one thing that will do that. Now, I thought that perhaps this was some kind of fake all spark. So did I. It's to be not. fair, I couldn't ima- I couldn't imagine how they would make a fake all spark that quickly. Yeah, with a, that's a nice, that's a nice. They must have a three D printer on the arc or something. Um, yeah, tel- Teletrain one, download all spark dot dat from the fucking three <laughs> D printer templates. Um, so yeah, they have the all spark. Uh, Ratchet and Bulkhead are kind of yeah. What's uh what's what's the name of the transformer that transforms into a three D printer? Oh fuck. Um, I don't know enough about three D printers to make a good joke. Polymer. Fuck. There we go. Honestly, they should make it more a functioning three D printer uh, that looks like Perceptor. That's what I think they should do. Anyway, I mean, listen, they had they made they made a functioning computer mouse. Surely it can't be that much harder to engineer a functioning 3D printer that also transforms. Yeah, but I, Perceptor being something that zooms is important to me, I think. That's true. He needs to be a guy who looks at stuff. Yeah, that's the Perceptor name. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Optimus has the AllSpark and he's on top of a building. Uh, Ratchet and Bulkhead are kind of somewhere below on a highway. And Prowl and Sari are climbing up a blimp to scale the tower. And Optimus is like, hey, fuckface, got your allspark. Um, and, you know, they, they kind of have a little standoff where Sertrum doesn't want to come down. It's like, all right, bring it here then. And Optimus is like, no, you, you come get it. Um, and he finally goes down there once Optimus threatens to fucking slice it in half. He's like, all right, okay, all right. Let's not be hasty well, well, here. Well, 
Well, yeah, at first, like, Optimus is like, if you don't come down here, at, well, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so uh, Starscream's like, give me the Allspark, and Optimus is like, give us the hostages, and Starscream's like, give me the Allspark. And Optimus is like, if I give you the Allspark, you are just going to kill the hostages. And Starstream's like, if you don't, I will kill them right now immediately. So, like, (laughs) figure that shit out. Yeah, we're we're negotiating And and, and Optimus is like, on God, if you kill them, I will destroy the Allspark myself. And Starstream says, don't try to deceive a Decepticon. Um, we We are the masters of it. I know you wouldn't destroy the Allspark. And Optimus is like, bet? <laughs> and, like, takes out his axe and goes right for it. And Starscream flies down. He's like, okay, hold up. Hold up. <laughs> John Mulaney. Hang on. Wait a minute. Hang on. So, uh, yeah, while they're doing that, Prowl manages to sneak start Sorry into the train car. She says to her dad. She revives Bumblebee. Um, and Prowl takes the rest of the humans down while she's doing that. Um... How unfortunately, Fanzone can't keep quiet. He makes a noise. Starscream turns around and he goes, Well, he doesn't just make a noise. He yells at the top of his lungs, I Uh, hate machines. Yes, and Starscream turns around and says, That sounds like a fucking police captain station. (laughs) Immigrant from Fargo, North Dakota. Wait a minute. You're trying to fuck me on this. Um, And so he blasts the train. And Bumblebee and Sorry are now falling to their deaths. Uh, not great, uh, but, th- but they managed to save Bumblebee and, and Sorry. So, like, they they get Bumblebee out of the train through the rear. Like, Prowl cuts the, the back open or something. He transforms, buckles Sorry in, and then Ratchet catches him with his magnets. And everything is fine. And then Starscream starts shooting at them again. <laughs> Yeah, my favorite part is when he goes after Prowl, who I know is not the second in command of the TFA universe, but every time I see Starscream and Prowl fighting, it makes my heart smile in any universe, um, because it's really like, the seconds are fighting! After each other, my my commander is cooler. No, my commander is cooler. Um, The fun thing about Prowl and Starscream is that they both equally suck as second in command. That's true. (laughs) They are both equally shitty first lieutenants. That's very true. So, yeah, we then engage in Operation Keepaway uh, with Starscream. And yeah, and ex- even sorry, even explicitly calls it that. She's like, "Oh, yeah. I know this game. It's called Keep Away." Yeah, so yeah, you know, we get we get rat, we get Optimus chucking it to Ratchet, who chucks it to Bumblebee, who chucks it to Bulkhead, who misses it. Uh, it's so funny. He's like, "I got it, I got it," and he misses it. And Starstream says something snide, uh, and then Bulkhead just nails him right in the gut with the wrecking ball, and he picks the Allspark up and says, "I said I got it." There's a little bit of there's a little bit a little bit a little bit of that prime bulkhead in that boy still it's in there, um but yeah it doesn't it doesn't last forever unfortunately uh because guess what Starscream is a Decepticon who has uh, guns strapped to his arms at some point okay so Optimus has a few gadgets right yep. he's got he's got the fire axe which is very cool it's got rockets on the back of it it's got an extendo pole it's very neat he's got a grappling hook in his arm. He has a fire retardant foam dispenser also in his arm. 
And he does oh, the squirt cum, a, You mean the cum cannon. Yeah, he does. He has a cum cannon, and he squirts it directly in Starscream's face at some point. Um, oh, yeah. No, he... Uh, at, I, I have a note, not the facial. <laughs> uh, but he actually... I, I like the maneuver of him, like, using it on Starscream's afterburners to... Yes. Plunge him out of the sky. That was cool. Yeah, so, again, Starscream could easily kill any of these Autobots on their own, but through a combination of teamwork... Um, they are able to bring him down. So, you know, um, Optimus takes out his thrusters, um, Ratchet drags him down with the magnets, um, Bulkhead whacks him real hard with the wrecking ball. And, uh, Bumblebee does something. Yeah. They're able, they're able to, to sort of, uh, to take him down, or at least it seems that way. And then the Star Scream's like, fuck all of you actually and just like puts his wrists together and blasts them big time yeah i I think one of the things that always appealed to me about animated action sequences is the like power imbalance of these guys basically have to figure out how to defeat living war machines three times their size with a bunch of fucking tools right like and there's a lot of creative stuff that goes into that. In most other shows, Autobots and Decepticons are all on equal footing in terms of, like, armaments. But in this show, Autobots have to be a lot trickier and more clever with stuff like that. Um, the I think the other show that has a, a conscious choice of, like, not giving their protagonists, like, guns or normal weapons is beast machines from what i understand but i think that one got way more muddled and wasn't as fun but this is like it's cool it's cool to see all of them more use their abilities to work together uh however prowl is just a ninja he he is the like i said he's the only one who's literally just a guy who kills people yeah i don't know why he's on this construction team i mean i know why but because he's the guy who sucks. Yeah, like I know <laughs> how he, Sentinel, he he's the guy who sucks and has depression. But yeah, like I I know I watched the whole show. I know how he ended up here. It's just very funny that this is like he's not he's not built for this. All the others are like they've got abilities and tools useful to digging rocks out, but he's got shuriken. Um, but yeah, so Starscream blasts him with the null rays, and then grabs the all spark. And starts doing a billion 9-11s. Yeah. He's just... So he's like, hey, no, it's a fun thing about the thing that gifts all life. It can also destroy all life really easy. Check this shit out. Um, He literally, like, it looks like he fucking nukes Detroit. It's insane. There's a giant explosion. I'm not... I'm not sure how they he, they got away with this actually. Yeah, it's crazy. It is it is very explicitly killing mil- like hun- thousands of people. And like I guess we never see it, but we do see people the Autobots rescuing people from the rubble, and they never they never uh, they normally they'd say miraculously everyone survived, but they never actually say that. No, it, no, and it is very clear that people died. Like lots of people died in this. And also, yeah, between that and like Starscream flying low in a city, I mean, I guess it was yeah. 2008. We were we were a little bit past that point, but like still, it's crazy. I, yeah, I'm I'm really I'm not a hundred percent sure how they got away with this, but yeah, but yeah, he's he's having a great time. He's like, wow, this rules. This is literally everything I ever wanted. Um, power is awesome. I'm having a great time, and uh, like Ratchet's like, so this is how democracy ends <laughs> um and 
uh, Optimus just goes, not without a fight. And, and while... Oh, uh, it's cool. While... Um, while Starscream is just going like absolutely crazy with power and he doesn't give a shit about the Autobots anymore. Why should he, to be fair? Um, yeah, he's not even he, looking. Yeah, he, he does not give a shit about what they're doing. So Optimus takes the opportunity using his axe and little claws on his feet to scale a building. And just um, jumps and tackles Starscream out of the air. Uh, by the way, I just want to say I love that Sumdak Tower is like a big spark plug. It looks cool. Yeah. Um, and this is the part where he gives Starscream a face. Yeah, this is it. So they're fighting all across the city. They're like slugging it out. They eventually both get a hand on the AllSpark. Uh, but then the AllSpark starts glowing really bright and levitates above Detroit and starts giving off gigantic rings of radiation. And both of them are just like, oh, Christ, what is happening? Uh, and then a big explosion and Starscream is n- not there anymore. Starscream death count two. Like, I, I don't even think we see him fly into the horizon. We just don't know where he went. No, he is he's just dead. gone. He's dead. Uh, um, he's not actually dead, but he's pretty dead. Um, Starscream death counter two. It counts. It counts. He is he, spiritually. He's dead. Um. But yeah, unfortunately, however, uh, the explosion also severely fucked up Prime, who is clinging to a billboard. Clearly, like, he's super battered. He's got the Allspark, and he's clinging to the billboard. But then he slips and falls a bajillion feet and dies. Yeah. So, good night, sweet prince. Um, he's, so, he's, like, in the crater that his body has created, and everyone comes rushing over to him and he just looks up and he goes, so this is what it feels like to be a hero. And, and dies. He fades to gray. immediately. He fa- his body fades to gray, just like G1. Yep. yep. Um, and imme- like immediately Ratchet scans him and is like, well, shit, he's, he's just dead. Yeah, um, his- well, and I was like, I was like, he's gray already, Ratchet. Come on now. Yeah, you know, you know, you're a medic. You know what this means. His, his spark has been extinguished. And so they're all mourning him. And sorry is like, what the fuck? We're just going to give up? And they're like, sorry, he's, there's nothing left to he's revive. super duper dead. And she's crying. And, and, and there's a nice thing where Bulkhead's like, I don't, I don't think this is going to get you what you want. Yeah. Uh, but um. she, she grabs that key. Um, and like she, she, she's like, I'm not gonna prime and give up. I'm not gonna give up either. Fuck this. And what is the equivalent of Primus throwing a Pokemon, a Pokeball, and going, I choose you? Yep. She shoves the key into his chest, and then the All Spark, which is still sitting next to them, activates and pours energy into Optimus, reigniting his spark. Um, and we actually see it. We see a spark start to pulse and the color returns to his body. By the way, this is like, this is definitely the fastest turnaround at an Optimus death, uh, in Transformers history. Yeah. Second fastest is probably Revenge of the Fallen. Armada? Oh, wait. Now, oh, yeah. Because that's a sub two hour movie. Then it's Armada. But yeah. yeah, like he's back. All sparks done. Uh, and sorry is still crying. And, you know, it's like, I actually, I love this line because he, he comes online again and he's like, is this the well of all sparks? And she's like, no, it's Detroit. <laughs> oh, I'm in hell. Yeah. 
And Bulkhead's like, I thought humans only cried when they were sad. And Sari responds, you, you have a lot to learn about humanity yeah. still. Um, yeah, we, we get the, the montage of them fixing up the city. And Definitely. speaking of learning things about humanity. Yeah. Before that, I do want to know there's a fun thing where, where it's it's Bulkhead, it's uh, Bumblebee and Bulkhead like repairing a bridge. And Bumblebee just goes like, pretty funny that we're stuck building bridges again. I thought that's exactly what we were trying to get away from. So simply yeah. ironic. Uh, but yeah, but then we cut to Sumdax Lab. So just head? Yeah, so I, I lo- what I love is that the se- when the establishing shot pans past Megatron's head, like you see yeah. it for a minute and you're like, wait a minute, wait, wait, hang on, what was that? By the way, this motherfucker is using Megatron's hand as a chair. Yeah, listen. Now that's a little gruesome. <laughs> Obviously he doesn't know he's alive, but like, come on. Oh uh, hey, yeah, but listen, uh, repurpose, some, reuse, recycle. Yeah, Sundak muses like you know, it's, it's, I they I do owe them a lot more than they could ever know, more than they should ever know. Like I I can't tell them the truth about my the the source of my robotics empire. He turns out the lights, and we pan over, and yeah, it's it's mega, it's just head, it's Megatron's Secret head. head. Secret. You know, head. Megatron gets reduced to a in head. In the basement. If I had, a, if I had a nickel for every time a Megatron was reduced to a disembodied head, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot. But it's weird it's that it weird happened that twice. Happened twice. But yeah, and we we kind of zoom in on Megatron's optics still glowing. He's that motherfucker's not dead. Um, yeah, that's where we end with the 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 little stinger of like, ooh, he's still here. But yeah, I love the, the the wrinkle of like Sumdak knowing exactly what he's done is fucked up and just not telling anyone. It's great. He's like like we said, he's a very interesting and well-rounded character. It's just that unfortunately he's saddled with this problematic vocal performance. Problematic, yeah. To put it mildly, yes. Uh-huh. So that's Transform and Rollout, uh, the sort of beginning of the uh, the animated franchise, and I think I think it's a great beginning. Like it honestly, is. if I had like Darkness Rising is also a good introduction to Prime, but I feel like this three parter is like it's a snappy and like it gets you right into like this is what the show is. Here's what we're gonna do. Here's all the shit that's about to go down. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it may be like the best opening of any series for this series. Yeah. Um, I still think that Darkness Rising is the best sort of opener for like the franchise. Yeah. Right? By the way, something I didn't note, but like this, these three episodes look fucking good. Like there's some great yeah. animation in these. Uh, yeah. Some very anime-esque, some very anime moments too. Uh, specifically when Fanzone is directing everyone to shoot the bug. Very anime on that one. His, like, movements and shit. Yeah. I I mean, in general, this was uh, very quintessential of its time. Yeah. Um, You know, it really had that 2007. And again, that's it's because a lot of the same team that was doing most of the most successful shows from the cartoons from, like, 2004 to 2008 were working on this show. So, you know, it followed along their style. But, like, this was sort of the, the era pre-adventure time yeah um, and pre i guess what we're calling like the cal arts style yeah now. like adventure time regular shows so, tv yeah. universe all of that stuff like where, where things got much softer and like there was still action but it had other focus it's um, not even uh, um yeah i mean it's it's 
it's hard to describe the difference. But again, if you look at things like um, Hi Hi Puffy Yami Yumi, or yeah. um, if you look at things like uh, Teen Titans, Ben um, Ten, like ben all the shows, uh, yeah, then Generator X, you know, like that's that's the sort of style that we're we're going with here. American Dragon. Yes. Um, oh yeah. Big. Yeah. Very. You know, very big American Dragon vibes. Um. So. Those are those are sort of all all quintessential influences, and again, like I said, we, a lot of the people were working on those shows as well, who ended up yeah. working on animated, uh, which is why it's so uh, stylistically similar. Um, <laughs> in the same way that so many people who worked on Adventure Time ended up going on to do all the other CalArt shows uh, yep. since then. Um, but Adventure, Adventure um, Time really was like the spawning point of most of the next generation of uh yeah. cartoon network yeah yeah it was it was it absolutely like marked the shift between this generation and and the next one of of, of uh cartoons um so anyway um the the style is is very there was i would say more anime influence back in those days um in that style as well um so you get to see some of those, like the big eyes, um, yeah, the the sort of uh, sharp tooth mouths on some people. Um, you you get a lot of that stuff in animated as well. Yeah, and I I am very much looking forward to getting further in this show because I think there is like some legitimately great character work and plot lines that unfold over the course of the show, like. Black arachnia stuff is very interesting. Once once she kind of we kind of get deeper into that stuff. Ratchet has a lot of depth in this show. Prowl, like everyone here, is gonna have like some cool shit to do, which I am always a fan of. Like I think this show more than any other is like a big ensemble. Um, uh, like it's, it's sort of similar to Prime in that regard, where everyone's gonna get their own thing. Um, but I think it's a little bit more evenly handed out than Prime is, because I think there's like a hierarchy of like obviously. I think if Bulkhead and RC get a lot of the stuff in Prime, then it's like Bumblebee and Optimus. I think Ratchet, he gets a lot of spotlight in Prime, but he's definitely like kind of the least one to like because he because he doesn't he, he is a he is the base guy, he's the guy who stays behind. But right, well, the, the main the main difference um, in uh, animated is that there's only one human character. Yes, one so human she, companion. She has. Very, she has unique relationships with all of the bots. Um, like uh, rather we, we, than having like these pairs, yeah, uh, which sort of establish who the most important characters are. That's true. Um, everyone, everyone gets to have their sort of thing. Like you know, we already discussed right. that. Like, sorry, and Bumblebee, very sibling-like, pretty close in like mental age. Like we, we bumble, uh, sorry, and Ratchet already have this like man, my my cranky old grandpa type of thing. You know, it's great. We should get to these questions though, because we have quite a few of them. Can we? Uh, I have to get to sleep soon. Can we keep them for next week? We're at two hours already. We are at two hours. This is a lot of show to cover. There's a lot to discuss. Yeah, sure, we can. We will we'll save the questions for next week. Um. So, yeah, extra long question post next week. It should be fine. One of the episodes we're watching next week ain't going to be a lot. Uh, there's a man, there's a goop man in it. That's the thing about animated. There's some really good episodes. And then there's sometimes there's just a goop man, you know? 
and you gotta deal with it. Sometimes there's a man who goes really fast. Sometimes, what if Robin Hood was a supervillain? You know, it's 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 just the world we live in. This is you know, this is New Detroit, greatest city in the world, baby. All right, let's do some plugs. Hi, near I'm on Twitter. Unfortunately, at Dragon Smoocher. Um you can find various other projects in various other places, such as Radio Free Heidelin, the Final Fantasy XIV comprehensive companion podcast I do with my friend Jane. Uh, that's at Heidelin Free Radio. Uh, radio uh, no, it's at Heidelin Radio on Twitter. It is late. Holy shit. Um, and you can find our previous show covering the 2018 she show at Podcast of Power on Twitter. I am also uh, on Disney Minus over at Disney Minus Pod. We recently watched the Rescue Rangers movie. It's um, it's really bad. It's not good. It's, don't don't watch it. <laughs> it sucks ass. We watched it so you don't have to. Exactly. Exactly. That's me. I'm Audrey. You can find me on Tumblr and Twitter at Optima Mom Prime. That's my funny robot internet joke. You can also listen to the other podcast I do. It's called Pot of Greed. It's about Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, you can find it at Pot of Greed Cast on Twitter. Um, and uh, we are about to start recording again. So that's exciting. Um, where we'll be doing season four, the forbidden fourth season of GX. Everyone gets to be subbed this season. There the is one no four kids doesn't want you to know. Yeah. This is this is the future liberals want. Um Yeah, that's that's it for me. You can find both that podcast and this podcast on uh the Noise Space Network, which you can find at noisepace.xyz. Um you can find this uh uh particular podcast as well at um Prime Cuts Pod on Twitter. Um Follow us there. Join our Discord. Um, you can find a link to the Discord in the description of this ep- and every other episode as well as our URL um, in our Twitter bio. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I'm glad the Discord has been populated enough where now Discord tells me, are you sure you want to add everyone uh, when I try to do it now? So, hey, we're, yeah. getting, we're getting there. Yeah. Um, we've been doing some really fun things in between uh, series. Again, we're right now we're going between... We're, we're going to show all the uh, major, major motion pictures um, for for the Transformers franchise. Uh, in order, after that, I'm going to stream some video games. Um, hey, don't want, you don't want to miss Revenge of the Fallen after this season, or maybe you do. It's very bad. I'm going to be out of the country for that one. So rip. You're literally <laughs> fleeing the country, the country. to avoid I was seeing like, skids and mudflap. I, really, I understand. I, 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 I was actually like looking at the schedule after I had, like, had to redo it, and I was like, oh, that's beautiful. I will well, unfortunately, literally... <laughs> I have a grim duty. <laughs> you have you have a grim duty, my friend. Uh, but that's on you. <laughs> I'll be <laughs> I'll be in Spain. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, so we do we, we do a lot of fun things uh, between seasons, and we have some uh, fun things uh, coming up. And it's also like the first place that you get to hear about things. And there are some very cool things in the future. I will say uh, for for this show. Yes. Um, so uh, you don't you don't want to miss those announcements. Um, and that's it for me. So, you know, until next time, I'm going to 
get loosey goosey with my animation, transform and roll out. I am going to monologue towards the imploding sun that is currently about to vaporize my face, transform and roll out. Peach. Peach.